And welcome in, everybody. I am Chris Landry, and this is Scout's Eye on College and Pro Football. Uh, yeah, it, it is good if you put the headset on so that you can talk to everyone out there. Let me make a little adjustment here, as I notice some things, some technical work here early on here by the host. Um, I want to take some time off the top, as, as I often do, uh, for people who are maybe new to what we do here and want to learn a little bit about what we offer. Um, certainly, uh, if you are watching this live uh, and you can watch this live and listen to this live on Twitch TV, the Chris Landry Twitch channel, that's you can find it by going to LandryFootball.com and hit follow Chris on Twitch. Or you can go to Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. You will find us there. And you can listen to this show and watch this show as we do it live, uh, as well as watch and listen to the many shows that we have on the network. Miller and Malton, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, um, the Chuck Oliver Show, Gridiron Blitz, Fantasy Football, the Football Film Room that I do with Scott Seidenberg, NFL Draft, Recruiting, the Rest Stop with Brad Restituto, uh, Coach Graff, and the College Football Breakdown. We've got the Football Programming throughout the day and evening here on the Chris Landry Twitch channel. So we encourage you to check that out. Now, as many of you may know, if you're not watching this live, and first of all, also, if you're watching it live, go to the heart button, like us, you know, uh, talk to us in the chat room so that we can answer any questions. We can talk to you. You can make comments. It's interactive. If you are listening to this in podcast form, yes, of course, if you've always listened to this in podcast form, you can still do that. How can you do that? Well, A, you can go to LandryFootball.com, click on it. You'll see the podcast. You can listen right there and simple on your phone, mobile device, computer, at work or at home. You can also sign up for Landry Football's conference call where you can get all the podcasts to your phone. So, uh no excuse to not be able to listen. Um, LandryFootball.com, as you can see and hear, is kind of the hub of what we do. My background is as an NFL scout, college uh, college and uh, an NFL coach, uh, NFL scout, college coach, college recruiting coordinator. So my background is deeply rooted into the coaching, scouting part of the game. LandryFootball.com was formed to give the fan a different viewpoint of the game, to take you inside the film room, to give you an understanding based upon film study, what happened in the game, um, to give you an evaluation of players, teams, coaches, schemes. That's what we do for you. Uh, and that's what we provide for you that others without that background are just repeating stuff that they hear and, very often it, it is misplaced and misguided in a lot of evaluations. No disrespect. It's just you don't know what you don't know. It's just you people who have listened to me know full aware that, you know, I'll talk about things that I know, but I'm not comfortable talking about things that I don't have the experience in. Of course, we can all have an opinion, but an opinion is only as relevant as the credentials behind it. So if you want to learn more about the game of football, if you want to get inside the game of football, college pro from recruiting to the draft to to evaluating of college players and NFL players and NFL teams and coaches and coaching searches, 
we can provide the inside information, but probably even most importantly, the analysis that is unique to um, the experiences uh, that we have there. So we're really excited about we've uh, now into, I think, our fifth year. And uh, we've uh, added uh, the ability to listen, the ability to watch, the ability to read. So we've got it all covered for you. How do you get involved with LandryFootball.com? Very simple. You can go listen in, uh, to the podcast for free. We've got some free information on there. It is behind the paywall, most of it. The film room analysis is behind the paywall. Folks, it's it's less than $10 a month. I mean, it's $9.99 a month if you want to try it for a month. If you want to get a better rate than that, you can get it for a year. It's $69.99 for an entire calendar year. Think about what that gives you. That gives you all the analysis of all the games. And let's give you an idea how we do it. So prior to the game week's action, like, for example, right now, as we do this show live on Wednesday, all the breakdowns, all the film room reviews from the NFL games this past weekend are up. You can read them, study them, learn how the players graded in the game, what happened, why it happened. Did the same for college, have the same for college, as well as our daily notebooks. As we get into the midweek and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, we get you all the previews. You want to know about the games this weekend. How do we see it? In-depth detail that I can't get into enough here on the podcast. That's what we provide for you the detailed information. So if you're looking at it from a betting standpoint, a fantasy standpoint, you're just a fan, you want to know more about the game, about the matchups, what's the keys to the matchup, how we maybe see it going, that's what we provide for you in depth. So we do that during the season. When the season is over, we have recruiting and evaluation of the recruiting process, the draft process, free agency process. Uh, There is no offseason. There is a football season, and then there is a business season of football, which requires the the evaluation of personnel, the accumulation of personnel that ultimately is involved in uh, whether you have success or not during the football season. So it's 12 months a year, and that gives you, uh, for $69.99, a full 12-month-a-year membership that uh, provides you, as I like to say, where can you go? to get access to a NFL and college style scouting department and coaching department at your own disposal. You're the owner. You can walk down the hall by literally clicking and learn more information than you ever could by watching, listening, reading about what we have at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of it today. All right. Um, Sorry to take so much time, but I, you know, kind of dawned on me that, you know, we constantly get new people. And we want to introduce ourselves. This show, and I involved in a few shows here on the network. I think my channel probably should do a pretty good job of that or be on as many as I can. Pardon me as I sip on uh, some coffee this morning. Um, do a film run podcast, SEC football with Neil McCready. Um, we do uh, Hook and Landry Monday, kind of reacting to the football weekend um, every Monday. You can all check it out at LandryFootball.com and on the, again, Chris Landry Twitch channel. What do we try to do here uh, on this show, Scout's Eye on College and Pro Football? Now, we are we do this show every Wednesday at uh, 9 a.m. Central. Starting October 5th, 
we have been asked by the great folks at Twitch to do an extra show. And we're going to do this show at 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on Mondays for one hour. So that's going to be kind of a bonus hour of Twitch, if you will, that uh, you can get a little bit more information. Certainly, we're going to do that as long as Twitch wants us. It's part of a marketing tool that Twitch wants to. They've expanded their sports outlook over at Twitch. So make sure you check us out for that. On this podcast, we mix up college and pro football. We may go college first, NFL first, depending on where it goes. Uh, And we've got a few things we're going to get to. We've got a question. Let's see. Kevin has sent us a few questions. If you've got a question that you want me to address here, go to LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris, and I will address it. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, go to um, LandryFootball.com, excuse me, at LandryFootball, and uh, send me um, a a question on Twitter, or go into the chat room uh, on Twitch and send us a question there. No excuse to not get in touch with us. We're here all the time. All right. So I want to address a couple of things. So where I'm going to start is the the magnitude and the amount of injuries that took place in the NFL, certainly alarming. And people say, well, what can you do about it? What can be changed? We've been warning this all summer long. Soft tissue injuries. You've heard that phrase being used. And, you know, knees are a little bit different. That can happen anytime, anywhere. You never know. But a lot of the soft tissue injuries are more vulnerable in an environment where you not had the time to prepare. Preseason is one thing. It's the lack of off-season program and the work that you need to condition your body for football work. And quite frankly, that hasn't been done as you normally would like to do it. And the overall number of injuries we expected to go up, I think what hurts certainly hurts the league. It hurts the fans, hurts the media. No disrespect. An injury is an injury. You feel it and it hurts and you feel bad for anybody. As a coach, as a scout, you do. But when it's the guy that's the 50th guy on the roster, let's just call it like it is. Admit it. No disrespect to them. You wish them well. But it doesn't affect you in the way that it does if you're a Giants fan and you see Saquon Barkley go down. Or you're a Niners fan and you see Nick Bosa go down. Or Solomon Thomas go down. Um, On and on, we had so many significant injuries season-ending injuries, that it is, it's frustrating, it's alarming, it's its sad, it's an ugly part of our business. The injury rate is 100% in this league. You, you play in this league, you're going to get injured. You know, you hope that it's not significant, but you're going to have it. It's going to continue, unfortunately. What you hope is that as time goes on during the year, um, you're able to um, – deal with um, players getting more and more reps, more and more practice, bodies more and more uh, acclimated, and that helps you maybe to get through some of this. Whether it will or won't, don't know. We'll see. Um, But it is something we're going to have to deal with. 
And it is something that is going to derail teams. I mean, I think right now it's taking San Francisco, taking San Francisco to a team that um, is going to have a hard time probably competing even for a playoff spot, even with an additional team allowed in the playoffs this year. It's going to be very difficult, very, very difficult. It's going to change the face of a team. It's going to take a team that maybe is not quite good enough but has a little bit more breaks injury-wise and makes them a contender. Uh, it it takes um, somebody who's a contender and takes them out of it. Um, really, really going to have a tremendous impact. It always does. It's about how healthy are you and how well are you playing after Thanksgiving. It's always the key to a season. This year, maybe even more so. The other thing I wanted to discuss about, we always talk about the importance of players. Um, players is where is that. You still need to be able to, you need to evaluate the players correctly. You need to be able to utilize players correctly. You need to be able to develop players correctly. You need to be able to, and this is part of utilizing, is put them in a scheme that's worked and you've got to have the whole package. But if you don't have the players, you're going to fall short. And you know, you wonder and you take a look. The first thing I look at, and it is very complex in today's NFL salary cap world where you can only pay so many players and you have to make some decisions. But it shows where when you have cap room and you can maneuver and get good players and you can sign what I call a value contract, you, you see where you can have an advantage. And we're seeing Buffalo benefit from Stefan Dix in Arizona benefit from DeAndre Hopkins trade situations there. Um, and boy, you see the negative impact it's having on Houston and Minnesota. Now that's not the only reason why Houston and Minnesota are struggling. Houston's not as dominant defensively. Minnesota is not the same defensively as well. So you've got some real issues. Um, but just look at the impact that those two have had and the negative impact it's had for the teams that they left. Um, it's early. It's two weeks, okay? So if you're looking at the records, and I get it, you know, most of you watch games and don't get a chance to watch tape and not trained to watch tape, and you look at the record and you say, this is what I see, and you can see certain things. There's no doubt you can. Everyone can. But I can tell you, you can see a lot more if you know what to look for and you study tape like we do. And I got to tell you, there's some things that are jumping out at me. There's some teams that are in trouble. And when I say in trouble, doesn't mean that their season's over. Their season's in danger of being over if it doesn't change quickly. Um, Atlanta's in trouble. Um, uh, Minnesota's in trouble. San Francisco's got major injury problems. They've got a lot of work to do and could be in trouble. Philadelphia is in big-time trouble, and they've got to figure out offensively how to deal with their offensive line issues that are significantly affecting them. Houston, the aforementioned Houston Texans, are in trouble. Teams that, to some degree, there were some expectations of being a pretty good team. Maybe playoff team, maybe not, but good. 
pretty good contenders anyway for playoffs. Maybe fall short, but contenders right now. And and it's not just because their record, because if you look at the, some of the records, for example, San Francisco's one and one, and um, you know, I know Atlanta's zero and two, and Dallas's Dallas's um, one and one. I didn't mention them. The Eagles zero and two. So you got a lot of zero and two teams, and so it's not just the record, but the record does indicate how they've looked on tape. Those teams have got to correct things quickly. I, it doesn't look like right now that a team like Philly has a chance of making the playoffs, not because they're down 0-2 and, and because history says if you're 0-2, you're not going to make it in, in, in a large percentage-wise, you're not going to make it. you got an extra playoff team in, the, in each conference. So I think you throw that percentage and that, that statistic out this year. But what I'm concerned about is on tape, the Eagles look like they have some massive issues that they've got to deal with. Can you correct it? It's going to be interesting. Teams that are just not very good. I mean, you know, you could put them in a the category they're in trouble. Well, these teams are in trouble, meaning they're just not very good. The Jets are not very good. They are not good at all. They are not playing well around Donald, and it's affecting him, and I'm concerned it's going to affect his future. And the Jets' future, they're just a bad team. There's not a team right now on tape through two weeks that have looked worse or graded out worse than the Jets. Does not say that's where you're, it ends. Next week's another week. We'll see going forward. Right now, they're a bad-looking team. The Giants have some issues. The Giants look a little bit better on tape than the Jets. They have played better in spurts but are not good and have got some issues. And without Barkley, it's going to be a problem. I think they'll win some games, not a lot, but they'll win a couple, not many. Um, Detroit. You know, two weeks in a row, this team has come out strong, played well, took control of the game early, absolutely collapsed and blew the game against Chicago. I expected the Packers to come back and beat them. But it was like they didn't even make it a mystery. I mean, it was, you know, come out, play pretty well, have a good game plan, and just get overwhelmed. This team lacks confidence. They seem to lack cohesiveness. They're they're not stringing enough good plays together. And you see it in spurts, but you don't see it enough. And I think it's a big-time issue. I, I I just I don't think I don't think there's much hope for any of those teams at any point this year. Um, surprising team team that's looked better on tape than I thought they would. Jacksonville. Yeah, I got it. Tank. Yeah, right. They're playing hard. Quarterbacks playing well. <laughs> They have the look through two games now of Miami last year. They're going to fight. Uh, maybe they get kind of – they lose their stinger a little bit and they start to lose three or four in a row, and then, then, it, then maybe they go back and it looks like they're disorganized. They're not right now. They're playing well. By the way, let me go back on something. I threw Houston in the mix. The team's in trouble. 
they've got some issues on tape that I see. It is important to point out. They played um, two tough games. Two really good teams thus far. And are playing Pittsburgh. And I think they're going to go 0-3. So let's not write them off yet as a team that can't play. They may be by their record taking themselves out. But I would say of those teams, the team that has that looks the best on tape, or that's a better way to say it, they don't look as bad as Houston. They don't look as bad as the others. But when you play two really good teams, and and I didn't think they'd win either one of those games, and I don't think they're going to be Pittsburgh, you know, that's to be expected. I don't know that I would count them out in their division. They play that division very well, and I, I think we need to keep that in mind. Um, I um, also wanted to mention um, a team that I thought Carolina is another team that I wanted to talk about. They have played hard. They have played pretty well. You see their deficiencies as a roster, but they're, they have fought. They do a really good job. I thought they, they blocked the Raiders pass rush pretty well in week one. And I thought they did some good things for a stretch against uh, um, Tampa. They're just not very good and they're not going to win many games, but they're, they're pretty good. And I would put them in that kind of that Jacksonville category of a team that's showing some fight. Jacksonville's looked a little better than Carolina, but I think they belong in the same category. Um, team that is better than I thought. The Arizona Cardinals are better than I thought. I looked at them as a roster, and, and mainly over the summer you look and see, well, Seattle's better. Um, the Niners are better. I think the Rams have a little better overall talent. Well, the one big thing I think is the Niners situation that could be in trouble with the, just a uh, ton of injuries. This Cardinal team is better. Now, their schedule's been favorable, so let's – I'm going to pump the brakes on all the this. I think they can contend for a playoff, but I think it's because they are better than I thought and got an extra team that can make the playoffs. And I think you got a vulnerable Niners team right now in your division. All those things are real positive. All those things help out Arizona's chances, I think. Um, the quarterback's playing well. The quarterback looks like, uh, Lamar Jackson in the shorter version. I mean, he's just got weapons at receiver. They're going to be tough to defend. And I think they're good. I think they're better than I thought. And I think they're going to win more games. They're going to win more games than I thought because they're better than I thought. But I, I, I can tell you, this is, I, I've been impressed with what I've seen on film, even though you got to look and see the schedule's favorable. We'll see long-term. My guess is and my hunch is they're a little bit better than I thought. Um, teams that don't look as good on film um, or, you know, is not as good at film. Dallas, one and one. And, you know, we can talk all you want about how that win, magical win can spur. Maybe it will. 
they I'm, for two weeks in a row that offensive line has not played well. Now that is something I expect to get better and improve. This this doesn't look like right now a team that I thought it would. But again, it's early in the year. If that continues another four or five weeks, then we got a real story. I'm pointing it out now, not as a criticism, as an observation on film that I expect them to get better. And and if they don't, then color me surprised there. Um, Atlanta is not as good as I thought they would be. I th- thought Atlanta could contend. You know, they really blew the game against Dallas. That's obvious. But they can't cover. I mean, they cannot cover. And for the life of me, I just I can't figure it out. They, you know, they play – a lot of deep coverage and don't want plays to get behind them. And they, they just cannot cover. And that's something they've got to fix, need to fix. I got to tell you, the tape shows this offense is pretty good. This offense is pretty dangerous. Don't be surprised if they go on some kind of run again this year. I'm not suggesting that that should save the coach's job or not or anything. I just think they're too talented on offense to not go on some kind of run this year. And they're not finishing. They didn't finish week one. And they didn't finish week two. I mean, they got they couldn't handle Seattle. I mean, that's no joke. Seattle's better. Dallas gave them the game. Dallas may be a better team at some point during the year. They weren't better last Sunday. Atlanta choked that game away. Um, it's a little early. But that's what we got to do, right? How does it look? In the AFC, Baltimore looks really good. Like their chances against Kansas City. Pittsburgh is good. They did not play well against Denver. They tend in a negative way. Boy, they tend to play down to their opponent. They were better than Denver. Probably should have won that game going away, and they didn't. And they struggled, even with Jeff Griscoll. You know, that's going to cost them the division because Baltimore is affected by that less than than Pittsburgh is for some reason. Um, but those are two teams that are contenders. Kansas City is. I think we're going to see a lot, and it's early. We're going to see what Baltimore can do. I think you can run the football in Kansas City's defense. I think Baltimore is better than Kansas City. I think they beat Kansas City, but we shall see. Kansas City's defense is still vulnerable, but you better get a lead, and no lead is safe. You're down 13 points in the fourth quarter, 14 points in the fourth quarter. It's not enough. If they get two possessions, you're probably going in overtime or losing it late. That's tough. You gotta catch them on a day where they're just not quite as sharp on offense, and maybe where you can keep their offense off the field. Tennessee's a rock solid team. Now I gotta tell you, they gave up some points to Jacksonville, and they gave up a lead to Jacksonville. That needs to be cleaned up. This is a good physical all-around football team that may may or may not have enough explosiveness in the passing game. That's going to be the key to how good they can be. But I think those are the four teams. 
in the NFC. I like the way Seattle's playing. They're not dominant, but Russell Wilson's playing great. Green Bay is playing. They're running the ball well. Had a question on the film room show last night that I answered is, do you believe in Green Bay's defense yet? A run defense yet? No, I'm, I'm not ready yet to go there. We'll, we'll see. They got time to prove it, and I'm not discounting their potential to do it. But I wouldn't go there yet. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, in the um, – I think the Rams are good. I think Arizona's playing well. Um, I do have concerns about the Saints right now. I think the Saints, the defense did not play up to their capabilities. They've got to run the football better to protect that defense. And there's going to have to be guys step up at receiver at tight end to become factors because they're too reliant on Michael Thomas. And we see their horizontal passing game really struggle when he's not in. So those are some early thoughts. Over on the college side, um, oh, a couple of things. Go back to the NFL real quick. So some key things this week. We'll wrap this up. That I'm looking forward to, and and then we're going to have all the film room breakdowns over at LandryFootball.com. So you want to make sure that uh, you check that out. All the details. Uh, of the key matchups to look for. Uh, But what I'm looking for, intriguing Thursday night matchup, much like Cincy Cleveland, these are two teams, maybe even more, definitely more so, Miami, Jacksonville. Local teams, local flavor, just to see kind of where they are. Um, We know young quarterback in in, uh, Gardner Minshew, um, in, in Jacksonville, you've got Miami that's not playing Tua yet. And they're be, it played hard. I thought they hung in with Buffalo, even though Buffalo was dominating, they kept the game fairly close. Uh, I want to see, I'm excited to see a lot of young players. Neither one of these teams are making the playoffs, but I'm curious to see how these teams, um, develop and go through for the season. Hey, Chicago, Atlanta. Must win for Atlanta. I mean, must win. They lose at home to Chicago. The noise is going to be loud. Really, really loud. Like where the owner is hearing it over and over again. I tell you a game that intrigues me a bunch. We know Kansas City-Baltimore is the best game of the weekend, maybe the game of the year in the regular season, at least the matchup. I don't know if the game will be great. But the Rams-Buffalo. Look, I want to see more out of Buffalo. I want to see how good they are. I want to see them do it against better teams. I want to see this offensive line block Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald's been moved all up and down that front. So – I'm excited about that. This tells me a lot about the Rams and Fields early on. Washington, Cleveland's Cleveland should win this game at home. Tennessee, Minnesota, a desperate Minnesota team at home. Watch out, Tennessee. Vegas, New England. I think New England takes care of business. The Raiders benefited from a poor tackling effort by the Saints defense. And they're not going to get that against New England. San Francisco. 
Their two-week stint in New York. They now go play the Giants, dealing with injuries, worried about the MetLife Field turf. You wonder if the Giants can steal one here. We'll see. Cincinnati, Philadelphia, another team that if they lose at home, it's going to get really ugly, really ugly. Um, this Philly team's got to figure out how to protect up front. Cincinnati can get after it a little bit defensively. Houston, Pittsburgh, again, Houston has had a tough couple of games here, 0-2, and this would be quite a big upset if they go on the road and beat Pittsburgh. The Jets don't like their chances against Indianapolis. Indianapolis played a little better. Still worried about the chemistry quarterback protecting the football. Carolina, Chargers. Apparently, they're going to go with Tyrod Taylor. We'll see what this offense can do. Like this Charger team better than Carolina, certainly. Tampa, Denver is intriguing. Drew Locke's not there. Tampa's got to go on a roll and win this. Denver's certainly tougher at home. Um, Detroit, Arizona. Again, Arizona. You you're you kind of arrived a little bit, or you're trying to announce your arrival. You can't announce it unless you can take care of business and beat a team like Detroit that can't finish. Dallas, Seattle. Man, that's a tough game for Dallas. You play a Seattle team that's really good. And as I said, Dallas has not looked good on film. So they were able to steal one, get one. They all count the same. You got to play better. Don't play better. They're going to have a hard time uh, against the Seahawks team that's um, been difficult to stop. Russell Wilson, early on, even when he makes plays, he puts it behind him. It's tough to make big plays on this Seattle defense. Um, Then you got Green Bay, New Orleans. You don't have the home crowd. You don't have the momentum. You're trying to figure things out. It's It's a challenge for Drew Brees to step it up, play better. It's a challenge for those receivers, the tight ends, the Jared Cooks, to be where you're supposed to be. Make Drew Brees more confident in you getting the ball. That's what has to happen. Got to be able to run the football better. Maybe got to clean things up on defense. They really did not look well last week. It was more than just the loss, but um, – Right now, Green Bay looks better, Um, and I wouldn't be able to go any other way than say Green Bay on the road here just looks like a better team. We'll see if the Saints can put it behind them. Uh, And then Monday night, uh, as I said, Kansas City going to Baltimore is just a peach of a game. You've got the Kansas City offense. you got the outside corners of Baltimore that can hang with Kansas City a little bit better than most can. So it's going to be about the ability to defend inside the slots and tight ends. It's going to be pivotal. And then I think this game will be won or lost by Baltimore by their ability to control the football when they have it on offense, control the football and wear down Kansas City's defense to where, you know, in essence, Kansas City is going to want to strike quick. You've got to make Kansas City earn it and you've got to come up with enough big plays to get the ball back for your offense and you got to keep Kansas city's offense off the field as much as you can with your offense. I like Baltimore here. I think Baltimore's um, looked a little bit more complete on tape and I think they've got something to prove. I think uh, 
this is a game, this game means a lot to both. But, you know, I think there's a little bit of a mission statement here for Baltimore winning this game. So we'll see. It certainly is, uh, again, going to tell us a little bit about where we are with both of these teams. Over on the college side, the big story of the weekend is the arrival of the SEC. And in some ways, it's like the start of the college season over again. And the things I'm looking forward to, um, as, as I mentioned, breaking down all the games in the NFL in great detail, we'll be breaking down um, these college games. And I'm going to go into detail uh, on several of them, but, you know, Kentucky Auburn is going to be intriguing. Tennessee, South Carolina is really intriguing. Those are the most intriguing games inside the SEC as the SEC comes aboard. You've got a Kentucky team that's very good up front in the offensive line, a good Auburn defensive front. Um, I'm curious to see, and I will break down what I think Auburn's offense will look like under Chad Morris and what type of effect they might have, he might have on Bo Nix and this offense against this Kentucky team. Auburn's at home. can be real interesting, so check out that breakdown. We'll have that for you, the personnel breakdown, as well as um, the breakdown of, of this Kentucky team. Um, Tennessee, South Carolina. We'll see Jeremy Pruitt. If if the finish of last season carryovers of this year, it's never no carryover. But do they play similarly? Do they play effectively from the start? That's going to be something I'm going to be watching. This South Carolina team is under some pressure to win this year. I think uh, I don't know that this is the year that Will Muschamp would get fired because of the obvious COVID situation. But it is a pivotal year for him. Um, you make the move to the quarterback um obviously Mike Bobo's influence in that decision what is this offense going to look like under South Carolina I think defensively they play schematically very well when they have elite players up front defensively they can have a huge impact they lose a great one on the defensive line they still have a pretty good unit uh but it's about the offense at South Carolina what is their ability to run the football, which they've not been able to consistently do, and that could be the difference. Uh, I do think Tennessee's got a little bit better running game, better on the offensive line. Both got question marks at quarterback. South Carolina's at home. Going to be an intriguing game. I mean, it's, you're looking at the East teams. Who's the third-best team in the East? The candidates are Kentucky. He's got Auburn. you got Tennessee and South Carolina, and they're playing one another. So I think that's a really intriguing game. Uh, who's the third best team in the Big 12? I was asked that this week by our uh, guys that host our Big 12 show, Tyler McComas and Brad Kellner. And I told them it's a little early yet because we don't have much of a sample size in Oklahoma State. We have don't have much of a sample size on West Virginia, and we've just not had enough on TCU. We had nothing on TCU is what I meant to say. Um, so it's all a projection. I would still maybe give a nod to Oklahoma State. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. I do think this game against West Virginia is going to tell us a lot um, or tell us something, not a lot. Oklahoma State, um, you know, obviously backup quarterback hurt their situation, but 
I thought they would still play better against Tulsa, even due to those circumstances. Now, Iowa State, TCU, Iowa State burned against Louisiana Lafayette, TCU. This is the big game. So I've got a couple of big games in the Big 12. I'm going to be breaking down those in detail. So check that out at LandryFootball.com. And then Louisville Pitt. How about that? Um, you know, Louisville coming off the loss to Miami. Pitt's playing well. They look a little bit better than Louisville does on tape at this point. So big game. Dropped two games in a row at Louisville off of impressive last year. You know, uh, would would not be ideal for Scott um, Satterfield. But Pitt's, you know, had a solid team, not a great team. This is a toss-up game. Going to be real interesting. Um, I got to hand it to Miami. I thought they did a good job last week. Um, I had question marks about could they play with consistency? Could they play with on-field discipline? They did it well enough, and they beat a good Louisville team. I expect them to play very well against uh, Florida State this week and win and maybe win handily. Um, I want to see more consistency, meaning, you know, it's one thing to do it one week. I want to see it consistently week in and week out. This Miami team has some talent. They have some playmaking ability to be a really good team. No, they're not going to challenge Clemson, but they can be the second-best team in the ACC. We'll see if they're able to earn that. They have enough talent to do so. Um, If they play sloppy ball or they play undisciplined ball because they want to hammer FSU, and FSU has enough talent, certainly, to make this game closer than it probably should be or closer than the film would indicate based upon snapshots of both teams. Um, You know, I think um, as we get into this week of college ball in the next couple of weeks, and obviously with the return of the Big Ten, it's going to be weird to kind of piece this together. People have asked me, who's the best team in the country? Well, I mean, on tape already, I would say that just in terms of personnel, not in terms of who they play, whatever, it's it's Clemson. Uh, there's just not been. I mean, obviously, none of the SEC teams have played. Notre Dame's a solid team. I mean, just not enough teams at this point to say who's really the best. So when I hear this team should be top five, top ten, no, it's it, – Right now, it's a fool's goal, top five, top ten. You know, want to see them play, and not enough teams have played. But on film, I would say Clemson's been the best-looking team. And, uh, you know, I I don't know how much better Oklahoma is on defense yet. I need to see a larger sample size there. And we'll begin to chart, graph, and study the film on these SEC teams and SEC games going forward, and certainly soon the Big Ten teams and perhaps even the Big 12. We're going to end the show with some questions from Kevin and a reminder that if you've got a question, send it to me here or go to contact Chris at LandryFootball.com and we'll address it for you. Um, contact Chris at LandryFootball.com. Um Kevin asks, Louisville's, uh, how would you rank their run-contained defense against their peers in the ACC? It's too early. Um, They haven't played that well early. They don't have great personnel to set the edge in the run, but schematically they're fine. They're just, you know, we'll see. I think we'll see a little bit more this week against Pitt. Not enough 
just to look at the Miami game. Um, Kevin says, although they're 0-2, I'm very impressed with Matt Rule. Last year's Baylor teams played OU tough both times, and then now I see quality is Carolina. I wonder if they get their defensive front healthy. Do you think they could work to where the NFC? I've mentioned that Carolina is played well. It's one of my surprises, at least on film, how well they've played. I don't know, maybe surprising is overstated, but I've been impressed with how they've played. Uh, no, they're not going to work their way into an NFC playoff spot. They're they're not talented enough. They've lost Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they have no real weapons or answers on offense. They're just not very good, don't have enough weapons on offense. And defensively, they play hard and they'll play well. Um, but no, no, they're they're going to be competitive and they'll, you know, they'll be in games, but they're not going to win many games. Um, Kevin asks, what's the deal with O.J. Howard? James Winston had much better chemistry with Cameron Brate. Now it seems there's no chemistry at all with Brady. Well, first of all, um, it, it, it's overstating the who has chemistry with Brady. Brady doesn't have chemistry with anybody on the offense because it's too soon. Okay, that's the point. So that's a question that is to be addressed uh, week 10 if the chemistry is still not there. At this point, I don't see great chemistry there. Now, you might say, well, he didn't play well with Winston. Well, the reason is Winston was always chunking it downfield. That's what he wanted to do, and certainly they did look to break, but there's more coverage attention to O.J. Howard as well. So I'm not ready to give up on O.J. Howard. I think he's talented, but I do think that he's got to step it up a little bit more in terms of route awareness, coverage awareness, and doing a better job of stemming his routes. Um, Kevin said he thought the Chargers played an outstanding game defensively. I wonder, do you think a better screen game would have made a difference versus Kansas City? Um, you can run the ball on Kansas City. That, that That's what's the difference. You've got to be able to chase down. Um, a screen game is an important part against a lot of defense to spread them out. But I, but I think in this case, you should be able to run the football. That's what would make a little bit better difference. I thought they did some good things, but I think you got to be able to finish. I think you got to be able to um, take advantage of opportunities when you're able to run it. And I thought they did run the football well at times. Um, I think, you know, watch Baltimore this week and see how they play against Kansas City. I think it'll be effective. Um, Kevin asked the Saints if they had put Marshawn Lattimore and Dallin Waller, would it have made a difference? Now, the, the way would have made a difference what you got to do against him, you got to jam him off the line of scrimmage. Then you've got you've to jam him and you've got to cover behind him. So you really can't get – allow them to get a free release. So you've got to delay the timing and then you got to go to do a good job coming over the top. He's an exceptional receiving tight end. That is a physical mismatch. That's very, very rare. Um, do you think the saints need to run the ball more frequently with a second back? Well, yeah, they need to run the football better. I mean, he says that it seems like the, the offense is, um, isn't as physical the past few years. Well, no, the Saints offense hasn't been real physical. If you look at it, when they've been six, take last six, seven years, 
when they've been physical, they've been a better team. When they're not physical, they're not as good. And the reason is when they can run the football, it gets that keeps that defense fresh and allows that defense to play better. And, you know, you get a lead, you run the football, it makes a huge difference. Because what that does is when you can run it, you can create some one-on-one options downfield. That's an easier throw on play action that Drew Brees can pull out and be effective downfield where you're not having to hit a deep ball. But So the Saints have to be – they can't set up the run with the deep ball. What they have to do is run to set up the deep ball. So you can't – it's the opposite. And so the ability to run the football, and I do think that Kamara's a big factor and he's the best runner, but certainly would help if Latavius Murray went off and became along the lines of what um, Mark Ingram was. It's not as talented as Mark Ingram, and it's affected them, no doubt. But uh, that's where the Saints are, uh, and we'll see how much better. And as I said earlier, the challenges that they get, uh, how they respond to it. Hey, folks, uh, a reminder again, send us a question. Contact Chris at LandryFootball.com. Get, take advantage of the special savings offer on LandryFootball.com. At the top of the website, on the right, you'll see it. We'll, firecracker look special savings take advantage of it now you get all the detailed film room breakdowns college the nfl game can try it out for a month uh the the year membership gets you the best discount um less than the 9.99 a month so it's a great opportunity you'll absolutely love it it's a companion you'll have all year long for your football uh, evaluation analysis. Uh, it's a great opportunity to learn more about the game inside the film room from a coaching and scouting standpoint. So check it out. Uh, make sure that you follow us and uh, watch us on Twitch TV every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Send us your questions, your comments. Uh, we love interacting with you. So check out our other great programming coming up in a little bit. Um, in about uh, an hour, Chuck Oliver is going to be here with his uh, daily college football show for two hours. Join me at the bottom of the first hour uh, at the, um, 1130 Central, 1230 Eastern time as I will join him for two segments to talk college football with Chuck Oliver. Appreciate you joining us. Spread the word, will you, about LandryFootball.com. Come join us. Become a member. Uh, we know you'll absolutely love it. Uh, if, if it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college and NFL level, we got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Like having your own coaching and scouting department at your disposal for less than a magazine subscription. Can't get you better than that. Appreciate you joining us. Join us next time, everybody. <laughs>